you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. First Kings chapter 20, if you have your Bibles and would like to turn with me. First Kings chapter 20, and I'm going to read lengthily this morning. And I pray that the Lord speaks to you today. I'm I'm not preaching anything new today. It's not anything you haven't heard. I'm not bringing some hidden secret out of Scripture, some new revelation out of Scripture. But I am going to continue to preach the truth of the Word of God without fear or favor today. Amen. 1 Kings chapter 20, verse number 21. And the king of Israel went out and smote the horses and chariots and slew the Syrians with a great slaughter. And the prophet came to the king of Israel and said unto him, Go, strengthen thyself, and mark, and see what thou doest. For at the return of the year the king of Syria will come up against thee. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods be the God of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we, but let us fight against them in the plain. And surely we shall be stronger than they. And do this thing, take the kings away, every man out of his place, and put captains in their rooms, and number thee an army like the army thou hast lost, horse for horse and chariot for chariot, and we will fight against them in the plain, and surely we will be stronger than they. And he hearkened unto their voice and did so. It came to pass at the return of the year that King Benadad numbered the Syrians and went up to Aphek to fight against Israel. And the children of Israel were numbered and were all present and went against them. And the children of Israel pitched before them like two little flocks of kids. But the Syrians filled the country. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. By the help of the Lord today, I'm going to speak to you a little bit on God of hills and valleys, God of hills and valleys. Lord, we need your help to speak what you've put in my heart and spirit this morning. I pray, God, that your word would find its place 
of strength and encouragement in every heart to let them know that you are a God of right where they are. You didn't miss one thing. You saw it all. And you're with them. And you will continue to be with us, God. And you're going to strengthen our hands and we shall be victorious. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Our text this morning is pointing to the omnipresence of God. The fact that God does not reign in a particular location. One cannot say, I I need to go here because God is here. Or go there because God is there. The question has been raised many times, how is it that I can go here, I can be at this setting and I can feel the presence of God and yet maybe the setting is not full of truth, maybe it's not full of righteousness, yet I felt the presence of God. That is not God's confirmation, that's God's omnipresence, meaning that God is everywhere at all times, God fills all time and space, God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. He can be in the classroom with the with the children. He can be in the room with the youth today. He can be here with us. He can be across town. He can be in your home. He can be wherever. God is omnipresent, meaning that he fills all time and space. And our text is pointing to the fact that the evil kings that came against Israel had misconstrued the fact. As a matter of fact, the phrases and wording that they use, if you notice in the text, when they refer to the gods of Israel, they refer refer to the gods of Israel, being plural, and it also uses the small g, which means they were not speaking of God as Jehovah. So therefore, they were referring to that God being many gods, being no different than a moon god, the sun god, the Greek mythological gods. And so they're speaking of these gods, these things, these images, uh, not at all speaking of the omnipresent Jehovah God. Yet God comes on the scene at the specific point in which Israel would have been deflated and defeated as their army was overwhelmed by uh, unbelievable odds. Uh, There was no way possible. The Syrians, and uh, they had built their army to uh, an incredible uh, number, to where they numbered in the thousands. They filled uh, the area, and in comparison, uh, in that on the hillside and in the valley, uh, Israel, the scripture said, looked like two little flocks of kids, two, two little goat uh, sheep herds that would have been in a valley, the vastness of the enemy around about them. Uh, I, I don't know about you today, but I, I probably do because I know human nature and I understand a little bit about human nature. I've lived a few days and dealt with my own human nature and tried to help a few people that struggle with human nature. Human nature can be a battle in of itself. It can be a giant struggle to deal with human nature. It's things, certain things we're born with and certain things that uh, the enemy uh, uses against us and we have to keep 
under this flesh. We have to battle this flesh. We, we have to, we, we struggle. I, if I ask you this morning how many, how many of you have ever found yourself in such a battle, in such a valley before, I'm guessing that the majority of this group today would raise their hand and say, I've been in such a valley. I've been in a valley when it felt like the enemy outnumbered me thousands to one. I felt like just the two little the two little herds of sheep in the valley with the enemy insurmounting uh, in numbers that was so great and they were uh, everywhere I looked it appeared that the enemy was, was against me. I know I've been there. I've walked through those days, those days of struggle maybe uh, not too long ago perhaps. Uh, we, we've all been there. I, I don't want to get sidetracked in storytelling this morning, but uh, when you look around you and it feels like, well, uh, the roof blows off the house and the same week uh, the wife's transmission goes out and uh, then we have three people get sick and have to go to doctors and uh, just one thing after another begins to add up and you turn and look and, and, and then the truck breaks down and we're in a rental car and uh, you know it's just one thing after another and it surmounts and it gets larger and it gets greater and before long it feels like I'm in a valley. I'm in a valley and I'm surrounded. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you too have been there. I would guess that I'm talking to everyone today when you're outnumbered and you're surrounded and you feel totally helpless. This, this is how Israel felt that day on their battlefield as they, as they looked around them overwhelmed the year before King Benadad had brought 32 kings and their armies against Samaria. And God brought a wonderful victory. Now Benadad is back. A servant had convinced him that Israel's God is the God of mountaintops. But their gods uh, are the gods of the valley. If they could possibly get Israel to fight the fight in the valley that they would be victorious. Israel Israel is so outnumbered. They're overwhelmed. Benadad's army covers the whole valley. The Syrians said, uh, we, we faced them before and we lost to this little small ragtag Israeli army. Uh, we, we, we fought against, against them before, but the reason that we lost is because we tried to fight in a location that gave them the home field advantage. See, their God fought against us there because they were on the mountain, because their God is only the God of the mountain. I come this morning to refute the idea that the enemy would like to put in some of our minds. That God is only God when we are walking on the mountaintop experiences of life. When things are going good, God 
is still is, is victorious and God is the God of the mountains but when we're in the valley we feel alone and we feel like it's a dry place and we feel like it is a struggle and we feel like it is a hardship and we feel like if I could ever just get back to that place on that mountain that's where God is if I can get to the mountaintop that's where God will slay my giant that's where God will slay the enemy that would like to come against me. I refute that idea that the enemy would like to put in some of our heads this morning and I would like to come and declare to you and submit to you today that God is not just the God of the mountain but our God is also the God in the valley. I want you to know this morning regardless where you are and regardless what you face and regardless what you're dealing with, I want you to know the same God that was victorious with you when you were on the mountain is the same God that's holding your hand through the valley. You are not alone this morning. You are not by yourself. You are not forsaken. But I want you to know He is the God of the the hills and the valley. He is an omnipresent God. He is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. You're not by yourself, but you have a God that is with you today. Somebody ought to give God a shout of praise this morning. Israel's outnumbers. The Syrians are mistaken. Perhaps the Syrians wanted to fight in the valley because there is an intimidation factor to the valley. In valleys, the vastness of their army would be visible. Could you imagine the fear that gripped the hearts of the army of Israel when they looked around? Put yourself in those shoes. The fear that must have gripped the army of the Lord as they looked about them and said, look at them. And here we are, discouragement and despair set in and began to fill their minds. Anybody ever had sickness that came and stayed a while? Anybody ever had recovery that came slowly and discouragement sets in, and sometimes worse than discouragement sets in, but depression comes with it. All sorts of anguish and mental discomfort, and you begin to question, and you wonder who your friends are, and you wonder if God knows where you are, and you even wonder sometimes that if God even exists in your trial. When you're there and intimidation begins to overwhelm you. I, I remember dealing with pain in my body when I thought I will live the rest of my life with this pain. It was overwhelming. It was a struggle. It was a great trial. You ever get there? You ever get to a point where you feel like giving up? You look around you 
and the odds are so much against you that you feel like I may as well give up. Surrender may have been the discussion for the day. Here we are like two little flocks in a valley surrounded by a well-trained, well-armed military. The enemy will always launch his greatest attack when you're in the valley. Because although God is the same when you're on the mountain and you're in the valley, human nature is not the same when you're on the mountain and when you're in the valley. Come on, somebody. Because in the valley, it's where we begin to question God and question our faith. Wondering if in the valley, if truly we are alone, if truly we are overwhelmed, if God is able, if God is there at all, if God will fight for us. We are more vulnerable in the valley because of human emotion that come into play when we're walking through the valley and dealing with a battle in the valley. It is a struggle. We face attacks from the enemy when we're in the valley. We need to recognize every attack for what it is. The enemy will often attack you even right after a great victory because there's human emotion that is involved in it. It's, it's a roller coaster. You have a, a high and win victories here and then next week all of a sudden you find yourself in on the bottom floor and that's why sometimes we need to be careful when we come out of revival and we're on the cloud nine and we win a lot of victories to be careful because the greatest battle sometimes is the battle right after the great battle it's the battle that starts in your mind saying you didn't really get blessed you didn't really get healed you didn't really get a touch from God you got caught up in emotion you got caught up in the moment it was you wanted it so bad. They persuaded you. The enemy will begin to talk to you. The enemy will send spies to talk to you in disguise as friends to tell you you didn't really get healed, to tell you God is not a way maker, to tell you your situation's not going to get better. I come this morning to tell you I'm calling the enemy out this morning. Somebody needs to look the enemy in the eye today and tell the enemy I may be in the valley but my God shall supply all of my need. He said in his word, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee. That means me, enemy. You better know that when I'm in the valley, he restores my soul. When I'm in a valley, he's a friend that sticks by my side. When I'm in a valley, he walks with me. And when all I can do is stand, I just put my feet on the floor and stand. I may be in the valley, but I won't all always be in the valley because my God is the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. This is why that it is so important for us to be strong in the Lord. The scripture said be strong in the Lord. Does it change things because you have a prayer life? No, but it'll sure change you. 
It'll change your perspective because that's what it means to be strong in the Lord. You can't help what happens to you. You can't help what other people do to you. You can't help what people say about you. You've just got to understand that's life. That's the way people are. God didn't bring that on you. He only allowed it to happen to strengthen you. But you, ladies and gentlemen, can be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. How can you be strong in the Lord? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked all of the things that the devil throws at you you are covered from your feet to your helmet everything you have the breastplate of righteousness the shield of faith you have that you have everything that God needed that you needed God provided for you he said but you've got to put it on you can't just say God provided God You've got to put it on. That's why you've got to walk in truth. That's why you've got to walk in holiness. That's why you've got to walk in righteousness before God. It is the whole armor so that when the enemy comes against you in the valley, I'm not turning to run because there's a place in my life that I am vulnerable and that's my back. I have no, I have no armor on my back, but as long as I stand and fight the good fight, as long as I face the enemy, I have on everything I need need. God supplied everything that you need. You're in the valley, but he said I've got you covered. Yeah, I'm in the valley. God said I've got you covered. I covered you from head to toe. I've got you covered, and I've also given you a weapon, and it is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. There's nothing the enemy likes, hates anymore than when you're in the valley and you start declaring the Lord is my life and my salvation. He is my buckler. He is my shield. He is my source. He is my strength. When you begin to use the word in the valley, you'll come out of the valley victorious because God is with you. The enemy will attack you from your weakest point. He'll always attack at your point of weakness. That's why people of God, and I know our teachers and several leaders are out this morning, but can I say that we need to be careful. We must work in our strengths, but we have to work on our weaknesses. Because the enemy will attack you in your areas of weakness. The things you struggled with when you're single, you'll struggle with when you're married. The things you struggled with when you're young, you'll struggle with in your middle age. And you'll struggle with when you're aging. The struggles seem to be more aimed at your weakness than aimed at your age, your circumstance, or your location. The enemy will come against you at your point of weakness. That's why we need to be aware of our weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with having weaknesses. We all have weaknesses. Don't tell my wife, but nobody can be great at everything. I've tried. I've frustrated myself trying to be the best at everything. None of us excel in every area of life. None of us are the best in everything. 
We have to work in our strengths and work on our weaknesses. Because those area of weaknesses is where the devil will constantly send attacks to try to destroy your faith and destroy your hope and cause you to believe that you're alone and cause you to believe you will never be victorious. We must be strong in the Lord. You strengthen yourself. Your prayer, your dedication to God, your study of the Word, your faithfulness to the house of God, your worship, all of these things are areas of your life that strengthen you so that when these point of attacks come at in your areas of weakness, you will be able to overcome. Paul declares, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And he goes on to tell us what to put on. The areas of your life that you exercise and focus in, focus on will become stronger whatever you do you will become better at you will become stronger you can't exercise your right arm and expect your legs to become stronger the area the muscles that you strengthen by working are the ones that will strengthen. In your areas of weakness, you have to work in those areas of weakness. That means when the devil comes against you in your area of weakness, you can't just throw up your hands and declare, I quit. You can't throw up your hands and say, I don't want to talk about it. You can't throw up your hands and say, Preacher, don't talk to me along these lines this morning. I'm okay with my areas of weakness. Your weakness will end up destroying you. The best thing we can do is face our weakness. Understand there's a whole process. Accountability is a great, is a great step. Create an accountability. Surrounding yourself with people of faith and encouragement is another area. I don't want to go into battle alone. I don't find that anywhere in Scripture that an army ever went in and somebody broke off and said, I'm going to go do it on my own. Only... David did that, and that's a whole other scenario. He's fighting man to man, and he did it under the inspiration of God. Don't try to be a loner. Don't try to do it on your own. Don't try to hide your weakness and declare, oh, I'm going to beat this thing, and then I'm going to be all right. You're never going to beat it because you're trying it on your own. Number one, you've got to have the help of the Lord. It doesn't hurt to have a few good praying and faithful friends around you that is encouraging you and helping you, but be careful who you choose. Because some people will come disguised and they're there out to hurt you and harm you. You better make sure you find somebody that's tried and true and faithful and will stand the test of time. 
time and get in the paddle and quit saying I'm going to turn and run but you're in the middle of the valley this morning you need to declare in the name of the Lord I'm finding a few folks to arm up with it may be just a handful of us against a thousand but with God on my side I'm going to be victorious I'm not going to run from this from my weakness I'm not going to run from my struggle but I'm going to fight until I get the victory you got to exercise your prayer life exercise your faith exercise your trust exercise your worship I've heard people say, well, I'm not the emotional type, and I'm, I'm okay. I don't know about this worship thing. Uh, when God wants me to worship, he's going to raise my arms. It's never going to happen. You've got to exercise it. You've got to try it a little bit. Try it. You might like it. Why don't you just try once in a while lifting a hand? Why don't you just try once in a while saying hallelujah? Why don't you try once in a while? So somebody said, well, I, I, you know, I just don't have much of a prayer life. I just kind of run out of things to pray. Then pray for the same things all over again. I promise you, if you'll just start praying, you might start out at five minutes. And in a few days, you might be at six minutes. Before long, you'll be at ten minutes. It's not about the clock anyway. It's about touching God. We seemingly that we put a timetable on, on prayer. We need to throw that out and understand it's about me touching God. And it's about me, me moving heaven with my prayer. The enemy's not going to attack you when you're strong and when you're full of strength and vitality. He catches you when you're tired and you're weak and you're weary and you're worn out. The Syrians misunderstood all these things. They thought that, it, that, that they could attack Israel in the valley and destroy them because they said their God is the God of the hills. Therefore, we're stronger than they. You know, if I looked from humanistic reasoning and looked at a lot of folks, I would think that too. Boy, when they're on the mountaintop, I wouldn't want to mess with them. They're shouting the victory, worshiping, praising. I remember I went to a church one time. Back then, the music was all led by the organ. I, I, I remember going to that church. You could always tell what kind of day or week that the organ player had because she started service and you could always tell with the very first song, her song choice. Sometimes she would come in praising for the victory. I'm like, whoo, boy, we're going to have a good time tonight. She'd come in. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. I'm like, oh, boy. She must have got a fight with her kids again. You can just tell. The whole countenance was different. You kind of knew what kind of service you're going to have. You kind of knew what you were going to get when you talk. Oh, I tell you, devil's been after me all week. Bless his name. God is God. Whether things are going well or whether the cars broke down. God is God whether things are going well or whether I am healthy or not so healthy. He's still God. 
He's God. We used to sing, I know God is God. How many of you remember that song? Don't worry, I'm not breaking that out this morning. He's God on the platform and God back out there. I don't know what all that's supposed to mean. We did a lot of shouting and running to it. But I do know this much. He's God when the bank account's empty. And he's the same God when the bank account's full. He's the God when I wake up with a headache and a God when the headache is gone. He's the same God. He is victorious. It is me. It's me. I, the struggle is here. We find ourselves weak and tired. But I want you to know today that regardless of where you are, your valley may be your place of trial. Your valley may be the place where your faith is put to the test. Your valley may be a hard place to live. But remember this, we pass through the valley. Because my Bible tells me that he doesn't take us from valley to valley. (laughs) But the Bible declares he takes us from mountain to mountain. He's still God in the valley, but he takes you from mountaintop to mountaintop. God doesn't take you from valley to valley. You know, things are going good right now, but I tell you, I guarantee you next week it's just going to be horrible. I'm just going to be down in the dumps. I'm just going to be out. Stop buying yourself trouble and understand God's plan for your life is to take you from victory to victory. There's some valleys between the mountaintops. There's some valleys you got to go through, but this is temporary. I'm going through the valley. I'm going through the storm. I'm going through the test. I'm going through the trial. I'm going through... Somebody needs to get that in their spirit this morning. I'm not building a house in the valley. I'm going through the valley. I'm going through it to the other side. I'm building on the mountaintop. But my God is my God on the mountain or in the valley, in the hill or in the valley. He is still my God. (laughs) Psalm 84 speaks of a valley called the Valley of Baca. That word Baca, B-A-C-A, in English it means the, a place of weeping or the valley of weeping. A valley of sorrow, a valley of, 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 of trial. But then Psalm 30 and 5 tells us that weeping may endure but for a night. But I'm not going to always be in the valley of Baca. It endures for the night. Instead of laying awake all night, I've started trying to put some things to practice. I woke up in the middle of the night stressed here a few days ago. And I just stopped where I was and I got up and I went to God in prayer. And I want you to know something. When I came back from that moment of prayer, I don't know that I have felt stronger than what I felt at that moment. Sometimes we spend our days worrying. Well, if I can just figure it out, just pray pray about it and let God begin to work it out. It's the valley of Baca. Weeping endures for the night. Baca is for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God's taking you through the valley. He's with you in the valley, but he's, you're not going to live there. There will be another mountain for you to climb and be 
on the mountaintop experience. We need those. We need, you know, the mountaintop experiences are good. They're great too. Souls are being saved. People are being baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Healings, miracles, signs and wonders. People need, we all, we need those. Peter, James, and John needed those moments when the Lord gave them the encouragement they needed for the days ahead. Moses needed the mountaintop experiences. He needed direction for what God had called him to do. He needed encouragement from the face, from, from, from Pharaoh. We, all of these things. In the valley, faith is stretched. On the mountaintop is when the encouragement and the, and all oh men, it's all, it's all good when we're on the mountain. But also in the valley, our faith is stretched. The mountain, we're encouraged, but in the valley, our faith is stretched. We have to learn to trust God in the valley. Mary and Martha had to trust God. Lazarus was sick unto death. Jesus delayed his coming until he was dead, and now he stinks. Their faith was stretched. Lord, if you would have been there, they said our brother would not have died. He said, look at me. Do you know who you're talking to? What a valley of despair to walk through. They had done everything right. They had given to his ministry. They even called Jesus when their brother got sick. Jesus was stretching their faith. And he looks and says, Martha, do you believe? I'm here in the middle of your valley. Do you believe? Although your brother is dead, do you believe? Is there any Marthas in the room today? That can believe God even when it looks impossible. God's the God of the mountain. He's also the God of the valley. Listen, we, we, we pray. I understand. We pray for God's blessings and we pray against struggles. Right? Is that how we pray? God bless me. I'm praying against the struggle. We all want to see cancer healed, but nobody wants to be the student that goes through the sickness. We all want to see the dead raised, but nobody's volunteering to be the subject. We trust Him to guide the surgeon's hands, but we can't seem to trust Him to heal the broken heart. I submit to you today, He's the same God. Whether he keeps you from it or walks with you through it, he's the same God. Things are going wrong, he's the same God as when things are going right. Somebody ought to get a praise in their heart today because just because things aren't going your way doesn't mean God is not God and on the throne. You need to understand it's just a season. It's just a place where you are. I'm quickly approaching close this morning. Your valley can be a place of your victory. Israel stood on the edge of the valley for 40 days listening to Goliath. Fear grips their heart. Depression hung heavy on the army of Israel. They were humiliated. They hid in the rocks. These were God's great men of war and they're hiding. I know what that's like. I've received those phone calls and somebody says, Pastor, you've got to pray. And I'm like, oh God, I don't, I don't know what you're going to God, I'm just... I just want to go hide in the rock somewhere. I understand. 
Oh, pastor, pastor's at home praying. Pastor's at home hidden in the rocks. It seems impossible. We all go through that. David stood a full day listening to Goliath's call. His brothers had heard him for 40 days declare his victorious chant. But the moment that the rock hit its mark, all victory was heard all throughout the valley. Then their God, their God of the mountains, became the God of the valleys. This morning, I, this is what I want for everybody in this room. I, I prayed and asked God before I preached this morning, and I, here's what I ask Him to do. God, I want you to be the God of assurance today. To the one that's living with questions in your mind, I want, I want God to, to give you some assurance this morning. I want Him to comfort you today and let you know to the one that feels like I just can't. I, I, I've tried and I just can't. I, I, I want you to get an I can today. You can. You can make it out of this valley. You can make it through this struggle. No matter how hard it gets, God's still with you. He's still God. The same God that was with you when, when all was well is the same God that's, that's going to be with you when you go through the struggle. Proverbs declares, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to your own understanding. We get in trouble when we start leaning to our own understanding. We let human emotion get in the way. We begin to question God. Valleys are very real, so are mountains. Everybody in the room is somewhere between a mountain and a valley this morning. I've spoken to everyone in the room today, mountains or valleys, He's God. I pray that He's the God of assurance in your life this morning. He wants to help you. He doesn't want to harm you. He wants things to be better in your future than they've been in your past. He wants to heal every broken relationship. He wants to mend every broken heart. It's the kind of God we serve. While you sit in this room this morning, I, I sense, I sense the presence of God sweeping through this room right now, just right where you are. I sense the presence of God sweeping through this room. Maybe you just want to slip up a hand right where you are and just begin to talk to Him right now. Come on, somebody, just talk to the Lord. Let Him be assurance to you. He'll restore your soul. He'll make your feet like hinds feet. This valley will not destroy you. This valley will not overtake you. This valley, this valley is for you, and God is for you. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Maybe I've spoken to somebody today that, that's in such a valley that I've preached about. 
Seems like there's no way out, doesn't it? Seems like you're overcome. Seems like the enemy is surrounding. Here I am with an enemy all around me. Odds are against me. Life is against me. Things are against me. Addictions against me. Struggles are against me. God's not against you. The church is not against you. Pastor's not against you. Your family's not against you. Come on, somebody. The Lord is saying, well, come on out of the valley. Your walk to the front of this room this morning may be all it takes for you to step out of the valley today. You walked in in the valley, you can walk out on the mountain this morning. I sense the presence of God in this house right now. Why don't you take somebody by the hand and just walk to the front of this room. I feel the presence of God so powerfully in this room right now. God is wanting to strengthen. He's wanting to strengthen the feeble hand this morning. Why don't you come lifting holy hands to the Lord today. Come on, come on, bring it to the Lord today. Don't resist. Don't resist what God is doing. This is for you. This is your moment. This is your hour. This is your time. Come on, bring it to Him this morning. Bring your struggle this morning. Bring your trial this morning. Oh, God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. moment pass you by. Don't let this moment pass you by. Let it lead you through the valley this morning. Listen to the words of the song this morning. Better than that, why don't you just... 